and welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. Cheers, queers! What's on the big gay agenda today, Caitlin? We are continuing our heart stopper discussion. We sure are. So we're talking about, or starting with, season one, episode three, Kiss. And there's two major kiss scenes we're going to talk about. But before we dive into that fun stuff, I want to talk really quick about how this episode opens because it's amazing. So it opens with poor Nick trying to figure shit out because Nick at this point is like, I don't know who I even am anymore. Yes. And so in the modern era, how do you figure out who you are? You take BuzzFeed quizzes. <laughs> And do a bunch of research. So Nick does a bunch of research into, like, what is homosexuality? And then he takes a quiz and finds out he is 62% homosexual, which is objectively funny when you don't know what's going on. But poor Nick, I feel so bad for him because, like, he gets his results because he's like, just, I want to figure out what is going on with me. And he gets his quiz and it's like, you're kind of gay, but not entirely gay. And a little single tear comes out of his I because he's just so frustrated and just wants answers and can't find anything that fits how he feels which has got to be like the which is which is awful like it's just mm-hmm. awful to be like I don't know what's going on with me and I can't even find the answers on the internet which is supposed to have all the answers fuck you quiz it just makes a funny meme which is why I laugh at it from the way that 62% it's just it's memes. really relatable <laughs> It I is. asked Theora if she took a quiz, and she said they didn't exist. No. So, I did. You did? Yeah, I did. Was it a BuzzFeed quiz? I have no idea. <laughs> I think I took, like, at least five. There are quizzes, plural. There are people. If oh, my God, there's so if many. you're just wondering. And basically, if you are looking for it, the answer is yes. That's, that's also what I saw. When, when you look it up, like, that's, there's, like, a Reddit thing. Like, if you have to research it. Right. It's you're a not yes. a straight person. <laughs> But it doesn't tell, but Nick gets that percentage that isn't 100%. He doesn't know what to do with that because, like, you know, when you grow up in a system that enforces binaries, you know, like male or female, you're Mm -hmm. cool or not cool, like things that are very, like, black and white, Nick doesn't know what to do with that, like, percentage that isn't 100%. He's like, wow, this can't even give me, like, a straight answer. Hydrate for that pun. I don't even like puns. Yeah, I do. So, like, for Nick, it's really sad because he, like, he, he, when you're, when you're growing up in, like, a binary system where you don't know that things outside of those boxes exist, like, Nick at this point can't even imagine, like, anything else, which is so, it's so sad. It just makes him more frustrated and just confused. Well, he's very, he's, he's trying so hard to figure himself out. He just can't. Those quizzes don't help. (laughs) Well, of course not. They're not real. Like they're made by just randos on the internet or BuzzFeed people trying to make money. They're not scientific. They're not from like queer universities, (laughs) you know? I, I mean, I personally feel like when you're taking those quizzes, there's like internalized, I hope I'm not. Yeah. So like maybe that skews your, how you're answering Because I feel like if you're fully comfortable with it, you're not, like, caring. You're like, oh, it is what it is. From my experience. True, true. Like, I relate to Nick in this instance. Yeah, totally. Totally. It just, it sucks when you can't find the answers you want. So I I feel for Nick here. And just the the tear. Just see how frustrated he is. It's heartbreaking. Anything else about the quiz? I want to know the science behind it. And, like, how it came up with 62%. That's it. Yeah. I want to know how it works. We'll look into it. If anybody knows, uh, comment below. Alright, so the crux of this episode is that Harry... Harry, remember him? White guy. Super, (laughs) super rich. White guy. plays, Plays the part of, like, bully of the school rugby guy. Yeah, it's his sweet 16. So he's like, Nick, you gotta come to my birthday because you're cool and I'm cool. And Nick's like, sure, whatever. And Harry's like, bring cool people. And Imogene overhears this and she's like, can I come? I'm cool people. So Nick is like, sure. Brings Imogene. And then we get a little heart from her, which is poor girl. And then he goes and invites uh, Charlie on the side. So the big thing is Charlie's coming to this sweet 16 for this douchebag guy. Mm-hmm. 
because Nick invited him. But Harry's wealthier than the Queen of England, apparently. And so rents out an entire hotel somehow. Yeah. And has like basically the entire school that's cool come both schools, girl and boy school, come to this freaking party. So that's the big thing is this party. And so there is one kiss that happens at the party. But before we get to the kiss of the party, we have to talk about who kisses at the party. So Nick runs into there's Tara and Darcy. There's two kisses the, at the party. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the first one's the girls. Yes. Yeah. So the girls are there, Tara and Darcy. And so Tara and Darcy, Tara and Nick, clear the air. Because this is the whole, the mystery of the last episode, does Tara like Nick? The boys are still think Nick likes her. And so they're like, Nick, go get her. She's going to be at the party. And he's like, it's been three years. Get over yourselves. <laughs> so he talks to Tara and he's like, listen, I don't know why everybody's pushing us together. We were 13. This is stupid. And so she's like, yeah, it's cool. I'm a lesbian anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and poor Nick. And this conversation is so cute because Nick's like, well, you know, you probably shouldn't tell people that if it's not true, like, just to get people to leave us alone. And she's like, no, it's true. See that idiot over there? <laughs> That's my girlfriend. <laughs> oh, Darcy. And she's, like, throwing food in the air and trying to catch it, like, and showing off for a bunch of people. But Nick does that later. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, he has Darcy tendencies. <laughs> uh, but no one is Darcy except Darcy. No one could be Darcy. No. And so, but they have a really cute conversation because at this point Nick is like oh well I have a gay friend I have Charlie like that's really cool like you know and they talk and and Tara like confesses to him that like you know we're not he's like are you guys out I think he asked and she's like well no we don't like Tara says basically like I don't want this big public announcement like I just want to be me but me and me and Darcy have been talking about like just like being ourselves in public basically versus like announcing it to the world um so I wanted to see what you thought about that because like traditionally with like coming out it's kind of like you have to then go through the process of like telling everybody and it's like it is feels like you are doing a PSA like I'm gay like you have to go t announce it to so many people versus Tara's like I don't want to do that I just want to like exist and people will see it and figure it out. Yeah. What do you think about that? Um. I don't know I feel like it's the it's a hard way just because. It's all, you're always going to get the stares then. And it's just, it's like basically wanting people to, I mean, it's like she doesn't care if people find out, but like that's the way that people are going to look at you more and gossip more. Yeah. I feel like that's exactly what ends up happening to her. Yeah. Like you need to be able to control the narrative, which is why I think so many celebrities post themselves so the narrative isn't getting out of hand. Right. But I understand her sentiment of, like, why is it my responsibility to tell the world? When, when like, straight people can just exist and they don't have to do this. Why can't I just do that? It's kind of what she's saying. So I, like, get her, I get her point here. She does end up posting on social media and I wonder if that is her trying to be like, okay, this is what it is. When... Because everyone right. was already making a big deal out of things. Right, and... exactly. That's, like, the post-damage control. Yeah. But, like, I, underst I understand her sentiment. Because, like, and then, because Nick expresses this same kind of, like, um, feeling about the coming out stuff that Tara does. So I think it's, it's interesting they're having the conversation together because he says something similar to He's like, I don't want to, like, do this big announcement thing. You know, I just want to be me and, like, tell people who matter and things like that. Which is really cute that he's, he comes to terms with later. So I found that really interesting. It's not something, like, I've seen really in media where they have these conversations between, like, young queer characters. It's usually, like, the coming out story. Or, like, Charlie's narrative where they're just outed against their will and now they're dealing with it. Mm -hmm. It's not that Charlie was insecure about his sexuality. He's like, but, like, he was denied the opportunity to, like, have his own narrative because he was outed. You know, versus Tara, yeah. who's like, I don't want to have the narrative at all. I just want to exist. So, like, I get, I do understand that sentiment. Like, it is fucked up that, like, not straight people have to, like, announce themselves versus, like, just existing freely. And uh, even the fact that you even have to think about that sucks. It's, like, this yeah. extra mental toll, you know? So I totally get where she's coming from. But they're at the point where Tara's like... Darcy's out, basically, and Tara's like, well, I kind of just want to, we, we've been talking more about just, like, being out in public, basically, not announcing it, but just, like, doing stuff. And so then 
then in this episode we get a public kiss between the two of them and it's the cutest thing ever it's in the middle of the dance floor with all the colors of the rainbow happening and like nick is looking for charlie oh wait actually hold on uh, yeah anyway it's fine we'll get through this first nick <laughs> is it was about the other scene but we're here now uh, Nick's waiting for Charlie, and he weaves through the, uh, he actually runs into Imogene, and Imogene's like, let's dance with me, he's like, you're great and all, but I gotta go, and he <laughs> leaves, and as he's weaving through the crowd, he finds, uh, Darcy and Tara, and they're, like, dancing in front of, like, the main light fixture that's, like, going out into the dance floor. Because of course they are. Because of course they are, and the music's blaring, and everybody else is, no one's paying attention to them, they're just doing their thing, and they just, they're like, fuck it, let's kiss, and they kiss a few times, and the rainbows that happen with the lights that are present and the ones that they add later is just the fucking cutest thing ever. It is. It is. Give an Oscar or an Emmy to whoever directed that scene. It's so cute. And then they do their, like, individual, like, shots when they're, like, dancing with each other. And just the, just the pure joy in this scene just gets me because they're just being themselves and, like, they kiss and, like, nothing bad happens. And they're just like, yay, like, we can just be ourselves. And Nick is watching this, and for him, like, he's like, I'm really happy for them. And then he's also like, that could be me. Yeah. So it's, like, a visibility and representation of why that matters. Because it gives Nick the courage to, like, go after Charlie right after this scene. When he's watching it, um, the lights flashing on his face is the bisexual colors. Oh, Yes, and in the prior scene, which is why I was interrupting myself, when they're having the conversation, him and Tara, about, like, oh, you're a lesbian, oh, you want to come out, things like that, Tara and Darcy are framed in the lesbian colors, and when you shoot back at Nick, the bisexual colors are framing him. Oh, interesting. Uh Uh-huh. And when Nick is looking for Charlie throughout the party, he's on, like, the upper deck looking down, he's bathed in the bisexual colors. Yeah. Like, multiple times throughout that. But when they, they're talking, you, like, lesbian colors, bisexual colors. Yeah, they, yeah. they like to make sure the flag colors are Oh, yeah. They're the like, show. in case you were confused. <laughs> like, they're very <laughs> obvious with the colors. That's why. Who, yeah. Who's most likely pansexual? Remember I don't know. One? I don't know, because, like, there is a scene. I don't think it's this one. I think it was with Charlie and It's Charlie Nick. and Nick, and they get the pansexual I'm colors. Really from, I'm so confused by that. <laughs> But yeah, because they're very deliberate about the colors, especially in this dance scene. It's just gonna happen. It's just gonna happen, Caitlin. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Sorry. Alright, anything below, like, 42, I'll try to cut out. Alright, do your best. <laughs> All right, do you have anything I, I, to add? I have Woo-hoo! stuff in the scene. It's Caitlin's lighting corner. Yeah. Um, ooh, let me find it. I'm going to hydrate for all the GSI for that scene, though, because that's one of my favorite scenes in the entire show. I just love all the gayness and the colors and just the joy that is in that scene. Yeah. It is so overwhelming, I tear up every time I watch it. Just them and being happy and just Nick. His face breaks me every time. Like, Kit is such an amazing actor. He breaks me every time. Yes, which is how, he like, is. it's like a, pu- a puppy dog. He's like, yeah. my favorite people. <laughs> and it's <laughs> He's just. He's so cute. Oh my God. He, you could he tell that him. he wants that. Yes. Like, you like you just feel it wafting off of him. He's like, that could be me and Charlie. It's just so cute. Can't stand it. This fucking show is amazing. <laughs> it's okay. very cute. It's so cute. All um, right, Caitlin, what you got? So, for the birthday party. They originally wanted to use the windows for and put light out there to do, like, a moonlight effect. Ooh. But they weren't allowed to film there at night, so it's actually in the daytime that they filmed there, and they used blackout curtains. Oh, interesting. And they had to figure out how to light it to look like there was some light outside, but they had curtains, so... At lighting is very, very technical, and I struggle with it. It's... You need to be really, really good at it. That's interesting because later when we get to the Charlie and Nick kiss, like, because all the curtains are closed in this whole building, if you pay attention. And so when they're alone in their room, it, it, they have like a orange glow behind that window to make it look like sunset's outside. Mm-hmm. That's crazy that they added that specifically yeah. with blackout curtains. Very cool. The lighting in the scene is 
very fun. Like, clearly they had a lot of fun with this one. Like, um, everything in this hotel is really cool. See, the thing is, I'm thinking uh, some crew members had to have hated it. Oh, I'm sure, because it's so precise and stuff, but, like, the effect is is gorgeous, what they did, what they pulled off. Um, something else... Oh, no, we have to we have to get to the other kiss, and then the scene after, and then I'll tell you about it. Okay. Yeah. That's... Well, because of so many people there and having to figure out the lighting, um, they had to, like, deliberately... So, like, the cameras were more limited, the cast was more... They like to make sure that the cast can move around and do... And be free, which is why they have the steady cam most of the time. Oh, that makes sense. But this one, they had to hit the mark, so it was more limited for them. And they played the song that was actually playing there because um, Tara and Darcy had a kiss right on yeah, the beat. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. And uh, I think one of the one of the crew members that was like one of the main crew members started tearing up. I think it's the cutest. No, they like nail it. It's yeah. The, oh, it's so cute. I was wondering too because there's no talking at all. That happens, which also makes it... Okay, here's something I fucking hate about party scenes. Maybe you can speak more about this. But usually, I assume there's no actual music playing. And people have to pretend they're dancing. And so you can hear people talking. Which makes sense, because we're trying to listen to conversations. But the conversations are all clearly not realistic for people at a party. Because they'll be talking at our level. And not screaming over the music. Yeah. And so I'm like, what is this party? Because these other people are like, da- so like, I like that they didn't, they did it this way because it feels more real. Where like the two of them, after they kiss, they don't say stuff to each other. They just have this like, oh my God, like mouthing that they do. Because like in real life, the music will be blaring because they're by the speed. Those two are by the speakers. Yeah. So like, there's no way they'd be able to talk to each other. And Nick doesn't say anything. He's just looking. So I felt more real for like a party scene for me. Mm-hmm. And I love that they actually played the music because, damn, they nailed it. Oh, I love it even more. So they'll probably, if they pick the music beforehand. Um, yeah, okay, that's a good point, too. Because what if they're like, damn, we don't got the rights? <laughs> That'd be awkward. They'll, they would probably play some sort of music. And then at another take, they'll cut it and then just have the a beat. And it's like a very, it's a bass, kind of. And it's just to keep time so pe- yeah. they can... Um, dance, I guess. And yeah, just in the have the, same. the rhythm of it. Because otherwise it just looks like fish out of water who are all doing different things. There was one party scene for some, like, old movie where clearly that wasn't happening. And somebody pointed it out in, like, some video and they're like, look at how crazy this scene really is. Nobody is on the same beat. Like, obviously there was no music playing when they filmed this. And <laughs> everybody is doing some other different dance move. So it looks really bad. But it was, like, the 50s, so nobody cared. But, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's smart, having at least a beat. That makes makes sense mm-hmm. that's smart no thank you i always wondered that about party scenes because sometimes they just feel super unrealistic when there's dialogue this one felt so real for a lot of reasons i love it okay thank you caitlin group scenes are just difficult i can only imagine oh my god yeah when we get to the rise of the pink ladies we'll <laughs> i have questions about their their group scenes are yeah, I'll yeah. tell you all so, about yeah, it. So, yeah, I have questions about that. <laughs> but let's get it and finish Heartstopper. <laughs> yeah. oh, that, that show is going to be my, like, special too, I can't so. wait. And there's so much cool stuff in there, but, oh, damn. All right. But this show, so great. All right, anything else about the, the lesbian kiss before we get to the other one? I thought I had more, but it's just, like, more in this episode. All right, cool. So let's move over to Nick and Charlie's first kiss. Okay. Uh, okay, so... First of all, this was the cute, the, oh, 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 it's just, the way that they slow burn, like, not slow burn, but really, like, let these two have a slow, natural feeling romance is the best. It doesn't go zero to 100, and they go through all the processing steps, and these two communicate with each other so well. It's insane, and I love it. So I love that they spent time here and let them, like, act it out and, like, go through all the steps of just... Charlie being like, wait, you have a crush and it's, a, well, what she like? And Nick's like, why would you assume it's a she? It's, and, it's the and obvious it's just, trying to figure and, out somebody. Yes, because poor Charlie has been like, I don't know, he flirts with me? Is he straight? I don't think he's straight. He hugged me for 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. That's really it's weird. Like, what does it mean what? when a straight dude hugs you for 10 seconds? He's like, hot straight guy hugged me for 10 seconds. What does that mean? 
Yeah, so, like, Nick doesn't act like your typical straight guy. And so he lets, like, he keeps giving Nick an out. Because I think he, Charlie's also, like, so traumatized by fucking Ben that he's, like, I don't want to push him and make him regret it because Ben always seemed to regret it. And, like, why can't I just find somebody who likes me for me? And so he keeps giving Nick out by asking him questions where, like, Nick would have to answer. Until finally he's, like, leading him. He's, like, would you kiss a boy? Would you kiss this boy? Would you want to kiss me? And then, so finally Nick's like, yes. And, like, actually says it. And then Charlie's like, okay, this is real. And they just let them kiss. And it's just, I like that they do the tight shots with them. And, again, it's, like, the handheld cam. So it it feels very much like you're in that moment moving Mm -hmm. with them. And it's just adorable. And they didn't get interrupted during their kiss. I am so freaking surprised. Shocked. Show shocked. They're not lesbians. I think it's a lesbian thing getting interrupted. I think it's a lesbian thing. I'm sorry. We're uh, more skewed towards that media. We know what we know. We know what we know. They do get interrupted in a sense, but their kisses don't get interrupted. They get Mm -hmm. interrupted by the rugby guys looking for Nick. Before we go there, I just want to say that when they first go into this room, um, like Charlie makes a comment that they just have this like big empty room for nothing. And Nick responds with, yeah, it's for Harry to cry when his parents buy him the wrong color Lamborghini. <laughs> it's just, it makes me laugh so I much. Love, I love it. Harry's, oh, Harry. I don't think Harry's as bad of a person as he's painted out to be either. But I think he's playing, he's doing his best to play the part of I'm the tough guy at school. But we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Because of the way when his, I think it's more apparent to me with his interactions with Tao and also the way that when Nick stands up to him, he's always like, it's like he wants to be Nick's friends, but he's always he's always surrounded by, like, ten other guys. And he's like, I have to perform for these guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, because it's, it's Harry's birthday, and, like, Nick, I think he genuinely wants to be Nick's friend. So, that's why he keeps hunting Nick down. And he's like, where'd you go? Where did you go? I have, like, he's, like, surrounded by 20 people. Why does he care where Nick is? But he's always like, where are you? But you have to be my friend. Like, anyway. So, uh, Harry is like, where's Nick? And, like, they hear this, and... Nick immediately gets up and goes after uh, the rugby guys to talk to them and leaves Charlie by himself. And Charlie, I think, has, like, Ben flashbacks. He's like, oh, he kissed me and now he's leaving. He doesn't really like me. He's like, he only, he did this because I forced him to. And he, like, leaves, Mm -hmm. calls his dad and, like, cries in the car, which is super, super heartbreaking. He's just traumatized. But I don't think Nick left because he was ashamed of anything. I think in my brain that Nick left because he's like, oh shit, these are the guys that are, they're going to bully Charlie and I don't want them to bully Charlie. So I'm going to get rid of them. I think that's what he was doing. Uh, my tip would be, uh, talk to the person before you just leave. Just be like, I will be right back. This is not about you. Yeah. Well, that would have been helpful. Let me take care of this. This was his first time in this position. And I think he was so like hormonal (laughs) from kissing Charlie and, oh, you know, like overwhelmed. That's like. I can't make words right now. Mm-hmm. Fuck. And so that's why he's like, shit. And he just goes. Um, so, and Nick ultimately is just confused. Like, even this conversation, like, he was just like, see, he's, you can clearly see by his answers, he's still figuring shit out. It's not, there, none of his answers were no. They were just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Like, so anyway, he's just confused. And the episode ends, like, with Nick showing up in the rain which, romantic, to Charlie's house. Because he's like, I want to sort this out and we need to do it in person. Which is good boyfriend behavior, I assume. I need to just... Um, but I have lighting stuff if you want. Do it. Okay. Anything else for this episode? It is your time to shine. Yes, do I am it. slowly sinking in, but uh, don't, I will don't adjust us. myself again in a second. Um, if you noticed... That there is the light. It is shiny and bright, even though there's a darker room. But when... Words, brain. When Nick is with Charlie. However, when he goes to run Ooh, with yeah, Harry, boys. it's very mono, monotone, it's like monochromatic. Dark blue. Monochromatic, yeah, it's very blue. Yes, and there's no brightness. So there's no... It's, I believe his color is blue. Yeah. And Charlie's color is yellow. Yeah, you're right. Yes. Some so, color theory. Um, oh, yeah. 
that makes sense. Whenever it's Ben or anybody else, it's very one color, darker, not bright at all. Yeah, it's like the world is boring, and then when it's Nick and Charlie, the world pops. Even, but it's like anything that's happy going on. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, so basically they use darkness and, um... I'm so sorry. It's okay. And monochromatic to uh, symbolize bad things going on. Yeah. Versus, like, happy, hopeful stuff. Yes. Ooh, I love it. Mm, I think that's all I have. That was right. the main thing. All right. Anything else for episode three, Kiss, before we move on to four? Nope. All right. Episode four is Secret. And so this episode picks up directly from episode three. So Nick is out in the rain and Charlie's like, what the fuck? Did you not even grab a jacket? And Nick's like, oh, uh, I just wanted to talk to you in person. I just ran over here. He's like, get inside. <laughs> um... And they go to Charlie's room, and Charlie, like, once they're behind closed doors, he immediately starts apologizing to Nick. Because, like, he's ex- word vomiting his trauma, basically. Because, like, this would be his reaction from Ben. Like, if Ben did anything, Charlie would be like, I'm sorry, like, this is all my fault that you're upset. Uh, but Nick basically stops him by kissing him, and then he's like, he says, because, like, Charlie says the line, the most heartbreaking line for me is, I don't want to lose you because I did something stupid. Because Charlie feels like I kissed you and now I ruined our friendship. And, like, you're important to me, just period. Not just because I think you're pretty. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad. And so, like, Nick's like, no. And Nick kiss- kisses him. And then he apologizes for running away. Because he had a full-on proper gay crisis, which is one of my favorite <laughs> lines from Nick. <laughs> and I want to use that in real life. And this scene, I just want to highlight this scene because I think it's really, really important. And this is kind of like the tipping point for for their relationship, or at least solidifying the trust between them. Because in this conversation, like, Nick really expresses just, like, how confused he is. Because at this point, he's been, like, dealing with this by himself, like, taking quizzes and, like, trying to, like, figure shit out. But it's, like, it's hard to do it on your own. Like, sometimes it's more helpful to talk it through with somebody else. And especially Charlie, who... It kind of knows how to navigate this stuff as somebody who's gone through the questioning phase is out and has been living like this. So he tells him, he's like, I'm just, I'm just confused. I kissed you and I was just, I was just very confused. I don't know what to do. And so in the scene, uh, Charlie really gives him just like unconditional, like, I'm here for you. Like, I'm not going to push you one way or the other. You need to figure your shit out. And like, he doesn't, like, push Nick into a box. He just lets him be and lets him figure his stuff out. And so it's, like, a moment for Nick of, like, I, I'm safe with you kind of thing, which is huge. Like, in relationships, that's so huge. You know, he knows he's safe here. And so they have, like, many cute hugs that are very, very cute and sweet in this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a really difficult position to be in. And this is something I feel like is common with, like, queer relationships, especially, like, baby ones like when you're first figuring your shit out not necessarily in age where like you're figuring your shit out and the person you're figuring your shit out with is the person you have feelings for and so it puts both of them in awkward positions because it's like I really need a friend who understands me right now and I need this to slow down so I can figure my shit out but also like we have something going on that's more and so it's just Mm -hmm. it's hard and I feel like it's common in queer relationships yeah because when you're I apologize to the audio people. I am adjusting myself because we are sitting on a weird thing. We are. Um, When you're just coming out, I feel like you most likely don't have that many queer friends. Yeah. So you are going to rely on them. And most times I feel like they won't know that you have a crush on them. But this, this case is different. Yeah, this case, it's the crush happened first, and then I was like, I need to figure my shit out. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So, like, in this moment, Nick really needed a friend, and Charlie is being, like, the best friend possible. And it's a very sweet, I think it's a big, like, big moment for the two of them. And so, ultimately, that conversation ends with them deciding to, like, keep seeing each other, 
like in secret, hence the title, so that Nick can process all. This. Charlie under I think Charlie understands Nick's point of view more than anybody, not because he's gay, but because he's like I never got the chance to do this. I was this opportunity of like figuring my shit out, controlling my narrative was denied to me because Charlie was outed. Mm-hmm. Um so Charlie's not the type of person who would ever out another person. He even says that with Ben later. He's like, I would never do that to you, even though you would do it to me if the, the roles were reversed. So he's not going to do that to Nick at all. So I think it's hard for Charlie because he's like, I want a boyfriend who is out with me, who, like, is not ashamed of me, basically. Yeah. And so he thought that's what was going on with Nick in the other episode. But I think now he's much more like, oh, okay, I understand what this is. Like, take your time. If you're questioning stuff, you should figure it out on your own time, not because I I want a boyfriend. Like, you shouldn't rush yourself to, like, be out because I'm out kind of thing. Yeah, which is really nice because yeah, I feel like if when he went through all that shit with Ben, that he'd be more like, oh, I can't do that again. Right. That's what I was, honestly, that's what I was really expecting Charlie to do because I've seen this in other media and it's, like, it's understandable you know, when you're out and you're like, I don't want to be a secret. I'm past that point in my life where I'm, like, having closeted relationships and stuff like that. Yeah, Sex Lives of College Girls does that. Yeah, Sex Lives of College Girls, 100%. That, yes, the latent Alicia plotline is 100% that. So I was almost expecting that from Charlie, but no. He's like, no. Part of me likes that and the other part of me is like, he's stuck and he still doesn't value himself. Right, right. So yeah, totally. I have conflicting feelings about Charlie's position here too. Because it's almost like you can read it as like, he's being desperate to like, just have somebody. But at the same time, I feel like they're almost like, because of what Charlie said when Nick first came in the room where he's like, I I don't want to lose you because we took this to the next level. Like, I think Charlie values him more as a friend, period, than just, like, oh, he's pretty and he wants to kiss me. Which, I feel like that was Ben's relationship. They were never friends. And I think mm-hmm. Charlie really saw that, and we saw that in the pilot, where he's like, you don't care about me. You never cared about my feelings. Like, when they got into an altercation where Nick was like, leave him alone, he said no. He was telling telling Ben, like, you never actually cared about me. Like, he saw that. Like, this was never a friendship. with, But with Nick, they have a friendship. So I yeah. think Charlie at this point, it's less, like, problematic for Charlie. So I have a, I have a better time understanding, like, why Charlie's doing this versus, yeah. like, if this was Ben, it would be much more, like, I just, I feel bad about myself and I just want to keep you. Which is basically their entire relationship was, so... But yeah, it's a shitty position for Charlie because he still has to, like, hide. And you shouldn't have to hide, you know? It's complicated. I wish no one had to hide. I wish no one had to hide or announce things. Like, yeah, it sucks. And I like that this this show really examines that from multiple angles with different... With multiple queer characters. Mm-hmm. Like, so you get, a, like, the full... A very well-rounded experience from all of these characters on how they... They're all kind of processing it at the same time. You know what I mean? I have a question for you, personally. Did you... I don't know, like, what social media was like. Did you come out on social media? Yeah, MySpace was a thing. (laughs) I came out. I had a MySpace when I was eight. And Facebook just came out. Like, when I went to college. Like, when I... When Facebook... When I got a Facebook, it was at the time, you had to have a college email to use it. It was college students only. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I was, like, already out, so I was out on that, too. Okay. Yeah. I was just wondering. Yeah. Very different. Not that old. No, I am old. It's fine. <laughs> we have a nine-year age gap, we so... Do. In technology world, it's pretty That's big. light years. Yeah. <coughs> um, okay, but speaking of Ben, in this episode, there's a lot of, like, uh, there's a lot of comparisons to be made between Charlie and Ben and, um... Nick and Charlie. And I think Nick realizes that. And I think Nick does a lot lot of internalizing with his behavior. Because a lot... Charlie is like, yeah, I understand. I will play along with the secret. So the whole time he's like, don't worry. I won't... My friends won't tell anybody. Don't worry. Like, I won't tell anybody. Don't worry. Like, I I will keep the secret. And, like, you see that it eats away at Nick. And I think part of the reason it does that is because Nick witnessed the relationship Ben and Charlie had and knows how toxic it was. And... I think he's like, wow, I'm like Ben. So I think he does a lot of mental comparing 
with his actions. Which, I mean, the beginning was. Yeah, no, totally. And it's like, there are comparisons, like, you are making Charlie hide, like... It just wasn't malicious. Right, it's not gaslight, the gaslighting that Ben does. But I think that's part of, like, what pushes Nick along in his process is the fact that he really genuinely does care about Charlie. And he's like, I don't, I think internally, he's like, I don't want to make you hide for me. Like, I just, I'm not ready. I'm, I'm getting there. And I think it motivates him to like figure stuff out versus like not, and just get comfortable in the closet, you know, Mm -hmm. which is totally fine. If, if that's your deal, like it's no, no shame. I just think that's what happens with Nick rather than like get comfortable. He's like, he, he's motivated to keep going on the journey basically. Yeah. Yeah. So it's sad, but like, I, they're, they're, the, how much they care about Charlie as a person is completely different. And in my mind, yes. it makes the situation totally different. It's like, what is it like? Oh, shit. Because he feels bad. Guilt. Oh, He's it's got kind guilt. of like when they say when a parent is like worried about being a good parent they're like just because you're worrying means you're going to be good exactly like, because he's worried about this means he's a good person right exactly whereas ben was always worried they were going to get he's like he would say to charlie don't worry we're not going to get caught like in ben's mind he's like if other people see us this is bad but if nobody sees us it's okay mhm you know and ben was never trying to figure his sexuality out he just wanted to have hook up with charlie and leave it in, at that yeah. and like never fi- and in public i'm with a girl i don't have to figure anything out mm-hmm. so it's it is completely different in those aspects although it looks similar on the surface is kind of the thing um but, but you know yeah. uh nick wouldn't force himself on charlie no never nick would never do any of those things he's too nice of a he's he's a puppy dog he would never he's a puppy you just want to hug him <laughs> Um, but somebody does, uh, <laughs> force Nick into a situation, kind of. So at the oh, end gosh. of the episode, poor Imogene, uh, corners Nick after a rugby match where literally everybody uh, that they know is watching them and is basically like, Nick, let's go out, uh, in front of everybody. And poor Nick, who like doesn't want to disappoint or hurt people is like, I don't know how to say no. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> And unfortunately, Tao, who hates Nick, overhears this and he's like, God damn it, I knew he was playing Charlie. So on the surface, it really looks like what, it looks like what Ben did. Like, very much on the surface. And I don't even know if his friends knew about Ben, now I'm thinking about it. His friends. Did Tao and Isaac and Elle know about Ben? He never talked about Ben, like, to them that we heard. So I don't even know if they knew about any of that. Isaac knew. Isaac knew. Oh, uh, yeah, anything. let's be real. Isaac knew. Uh, but he's not going to say anything because he's Isaac. Yeah. <laughs> he never says anything. Uh, yeah. So. He does not out people. He doesn't. Isaac would never. King Isaac. <laughs> All right. Anything else about episode four? Um, don't ask someone out in front of a bunch of people. I love her confidence, but don't do this. Yeah. Don't do this. It's bad for everybody. It just, you see that Nick's pressured into it because of the situation versus yeah. if they were one-on-one. It's just not good. Don't do that. PSA. Don't publicly ask people out for the very first time. And if you are going to ask someone to marry you in front of a bunch oh of people, God. make sure the person's going to say yes. Yeah, like, ask your friend to, like, low-key get the confirmation before I mean, you don't do you this. guys talk about getting married first? I mean, we did. Yeah, I feel like yeah. that's common amongst people. I don't know. Maybe heterosexuals, it doesn't work like that. It's assumed, like, your sexuality, and so they don't talk about it. But, like, you know. should talk about it ahead of time. Don't, like, plan. Anyway, we're not a relationship advice podcast. Let's move on to <laughs> Friend 105. All right. So, in this episode, it's... I just realized this. It's 105 and it's Charlie's 15th birthday, which, well done, everyone. And so he's like, hey, guys, I really want Nick to be there because he's now, like, my best friend. Oh. I mean, he's one of my friends. Tao does not like that. Tao does not like any of this. So <laughs> Tao throws a fit. And um, they end up going to a bowling alley slash arcade. And... Um, Oh my god. And also, like, Nick, it's the same day that Nick's supposed to go out with Imogene. And he's like, well, fuck. I need to tell her I don't want to do this. 
And so he's trying to tell her, and she's like, my dog died. <laughs> Which is not funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. But poor Nick, who's like, oh, fuck. Like, I don't want to make her sad. Yeah. Her like, dog just died. I'd be And he he's so upset. a big dog person. Obviously. So, what if like, this was he understands. Exactly. Exactly. So Nick's like, oh, shit. So, at, we're just going to jump to the end. We're going resolve the energy and stuff now before we get to the birthday party. So, what does he do? He does the cutest thing ever. He meets Imogene in private in a public park mm-hmm. and brings Nellie. Yeah, because to cheer her up. Yeah. Which I don't know if that would cheer me up or make me sadder. Yeah. I don't know. I love dogs. It's a cute thought. Yeah. Like, I, I, would, I would be happy. I'd be like... Yeah. I'd be upset a little bit and then pet the dog and feel a little bit better because it's, yeah. it's a dog. So he brings Nellie and basically tells her, he's like, listen, I think I don't have feelings for you like that. I think we're better off as friends. Mm-hmm. And that clears that up. And because like, and Imogene's not crazy, not a crazy girl. She's just like, okay. And uh, they get over that. But I also love the conversation that Nick has with his mom before this happens where he's like, uh, mom, I don't know what to do. He's like, uh, this girl asked me out, but I don't, I don't know how to say no. Which is like, oh my God. Like, yes, learning how to say no is such a hard lesson. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, I've said some yes to some things. Yeah. Because I didn't know how to say no. Haven't we all? Oh. I love it. Well, I don't love it. I love that they're covering this because it's so important. Like setting boundaries for yourself and learning how to say no is such an important life lesson. Because you're not taught to say no. You are not taught this. And then especially, like, think about it. Like, I love that the gender reversal here. This is usually the girl being coerced, not the boy. So mm-hmm. I love that it's him being like, I don't know how to say no. Because my friends expect me to say yes. And I don't know how to, like, be, like, stand up for what, I, express my opinion instead of groupthink. Mm-hmm. right so I really love this lesson and I love the conversation with his mom where like basically she's like you know learn to say no stand up for yourself and then at the end she says delivers the heartbreaking line after they like figure that shit out where she's like don't worry you'll find the right girl and poor yeah. Nick's like oh, fuck, I thought we were making progress mom so it like reinforces to him a little bit he's like I can't tell my mom who I really like it's sad yeah it's it so is. sad but I love this conversation and love the lesson here of, like, it's okay to say no to stuff. It's okay to say no to people, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say no to people. Say no to people. Just Move on. say no. Just say no. But say yes if it's a party for your crush. <laughs> so let's go to the party. So this is cute because uh, the core four has, is bonding with Nick. Yes. Which um, Isaac is thrilled. Elle is also thrilled. I just want to mention that the bowling pins had strings on them, and I don't understand it. I don't get it either. Is that a thing in England? I don't know. Please, UK people, comment below. Is that a thing in bowling alleys for the pins to be tied to strings? That's very odd. In America, it is not that I'm aware of. No, how is it? I know there's like a whole machine that just like... You swipe them up, or they're magnets and they reset them, basically. I don't know. It doesn't matter. We're not bowling alley experts. Well, those are the things I think about. They do bowling. And it's super fun. And except Isaac is, or not Isaac, Tao is really pissed that Nick's there. Because he's so team Charlie, he can't get over Nick not being in their friend group. So he takes, he follows Charlie in the bathroom, Tao. And they have this big conversation where Tao is basically like saying like, I don't hate him necessarily. I'm just, I witnessed you get bullied. And I'm afraid that he's going to bully you because he fits the stereotype of the per- the guy that would bully you or use you. Mm-hmm. And I'm that's what I'm worried about. And, and, you know, Charlie throws it in his face. He's like, you're just worried about being alone. Which is true. Tao is 100% worried about that. But, like, he also, at the same time, he does really genuinely care about Charlie. Tao is, like, yeah. the protect. He's, like, the grizzly bear mom who's, like, overly protective of everybody in his friend group, that's what he acts like. To a fault. To a fault, exactly. So, like, I think, doesn't he tell him about the date with Imogene in here, too, in the bathroom? He's like, yes. did you know he's going out with a girl? Did he tell you that? And Charlie's like, what? 
what he would have told me he didn't tell you so like he's sowing doubt but at the same time he's like this is why i'm being like this because i he didn't tell you i'm worried he's gonna hurt you so yeah anyway so uh, uh, nick overhears this because he's he got coerced into buying drinks and food for Isaac and Elle. He's like, I'm going to get as far as anybody want anything. I'm paying. And they're like, yes, buy us all these things. And so he goes to buy it and hears this. And later, um, Nick goes up to Tao of his own accord. And like, is like, let's clear the air, kind of. Tao like yells at him and he's like, sure. Like basically he's like, don't you dare hurt Charlie. And then he's like, you're a good friend. He knows that he has to make nice with the friends to be able to be with Charlie. Yeah, and I think he can tell that Charlie's friends genuinely love him. And he's like, I wish I had friends that Oh my gosh. Loved me. Cause his friends, friends suck. His friends suck. And, like, that's part of, like, Nick doesn't just go on, like, a sexuality journey. He goes on an, a full-on identity journey with where he's like, do I even like my friends? Who are these people that I... Because they kind of suck. Now that he sees, like, how Charlie's friends behave with each other, not just how he fits with Charlie, he's like, these people yeah. are so much better than these people. Like, I can be myself. And and I love that his mom even points that out to him. She's like, Nick, you're you're more yourself around Charlie, I've noticed. Aww. So he doesn't have to perform. It's just, yeah. And I think he feels that... He can see that with Charlie's friends. So he, he is trying to make nice for Charlie, but also because, like, he's... He sees a healthy friend group, which I don't think he has. It's like anymore. when you finally see a healthy family and you're like, what? Can you adopt me? <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's the friend version of what's happening with Nick, 100%. He's a puppy dog. He needs to be adopted mm-hmm. by some good friends. Uh, okay, so other things that happen real quick at the arcade that I love. Elle and Tao. Elle, figure, Elle, that, Elle figures out That is the, the most slow burn thing. Okay, but can we talk about how I love that the heterosexual couple gets the slow burn? <laughs> that never happens. It's usually the queers that are having the subtext the slow burn thing happen. Yeah. It's them. I fucking love it. They don't even get together at the end, right? Nope. No. No, they both realize It's amazing. It's amazing. So we're at the halfway point. At the halfway point of season one, Elle figures out she likes Tao. Which is always with the queer... Which is usually the queer stuff. And then at the very, very end, Hal figures out, oh shit, I have a crush on Elle. Oh my god. Which, boy, yes. Duh! (laughs) Oh my god. I thought they were together in the first episode. I know. Caitlin was like, wait, aren't they together? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. They'll get there. Don't worry. They're just, they're the slow burn ship, which I fucking love. And then I love that we find out that Isaac is really good at that coin game in arcades. I just relate to him as well. I love Isaac. I love that coin game. He's so good at it. He got a fuckload of coins by the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, Go, it's it's a talent. It's a talent. Isaac's just talented. I love Isaac. I fucking love him. Isaac. I can't wait to see more Isaac. I, it's me too. I'm super excited. Uh, okay, so let's cut to Nick's gift. So Charlie, like, basically sprung it on Nick, too. He's like, tomorrow's my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Like, poor Nick had, like, no time to get him a gift. So what did Nick give him? A little photo of their snow day with Nellie looking at the camera, and it's adorable. And, like, the frame. I think he, like, painted on the frame. Oh, yeah. It's just the cutest fucking gift ever. And Nick says, he's like, that was... One of the happiest days I've ever had. It's just fucking cute. It probably was one of the happiest days they had. I I know. Oh, it was so cute. Uh, And big moment in the scene, too, is that Nick kisses Charlie in public for, like, the first time in the arcade. Um, Those uh, claw machines (laughs) behind them are very questionable. Um, Yes. Uh, Set designers. Why on earth did you, in this low-key like rated g show name the arcade machines max with four x's like Three. x rated no it was like mac xsx x i thought it was only two x and then oh the is x. that how it is yeah dude because it was i know it was three and then that's it. what were you guys thinking what were you guys thinking there i, don't know, I was like donuts in it i yeah there's the the donuts the donut stuffed stuffed donuts i guess toys plush donuts yeah and then i will say they were rainbows shooting through the machines. That mm-hmm. was great. But why the triple X that's, in the title? That's my question. I don't, isn't that game for children? Isn't this arcade for children? I'm just confused. 
Well, that's just showing you how all the children's things have subtext for the adults. Boom. They <laughs> Disneyed the shit out of that arcade. <laughs> Alright, anything else about Friend? Um, well, I mean, I just remember one thing. What's up? That the, the animated stars around L, they're pixelated, but in her glasses, they're not. Ooh. Which is odd. I don't know. I just remember reading that. I think that was also BuzzFeed. Is there any reason? I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, I'm just going to hydrate for all the gay stuff real quick. Yeah, I have no reason for... I ran out of water. We gotta get you more water before we get to the end of this. Yeah. All right. Um, how are we doing on time? We're around an hour 56, so pro- this episode yeah. is probably like 15 minutes cool. so far. So let's end this. All right. So we will stop it here and then cover the last three episodes of Heartstopper in part three. So thank you for coming along this journey. I hope you're having fun with Heartstopper. We'll get to the finale soon. And, uh... Start getting super excited for season two, which is coming out soon. Very soon. Very, very soon. In a month. In one month. We're, we're filming this. You're not going to see this for probably mm-hmm. another month. No, you probably already have Heartstopper season two at <laughs> yeah, this point. Yeah. So. That's, yeah, the yeah. discussions will probably go out season one, season one, season one, season two, season, uh, season two, season, season, season two. two. So yeah, there will be like no time pass for you guys. <laughs> but uh, in the meantime, we'll just be sitting here hydrating. For the G's-Eye. Yeah, all the G's-Eye. All the G's-Eye. And uh, what else would we be doing, Caitlin? Hydrating for lesbian Jesus. And? Getting it up all over the place. Yep. So until next time. Bye. Bye. I got nothing. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. If you're listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review, no matter how brief. It helps us get into Apple's algorithm to reach a wider audience. Please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you about everything and anything. You can find us on all the social medias at Big Gay Energy Pod or email us at BigGayEnergyPod at gmail.com. If you'd like to make friends with other queer media-loving people, reach out to us to join our Discord server. If you'd like to support us, check out our merch store or join our Patreon for early access to episodes, exclusive content, and so much more. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for Lesbian Jesus.